Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. Have you stepped into your own healing journey or are you hesitating because you're not sure what that's going to look like and it can feel like a scary proposition? If that's the case, I think today's episode is going to help relieve some of that uh, maybe stress or anxiety that you feel around the topic. Maybe people have talked about, you know, creating, uh, you know, a healing action plan or you know, thinking about even talking to a therapist maybe makes you anxious. If that's the case, today's episode is going to really help you with that. I have the pleasure of interviewing Zaina Theris. She is a person on the move. Um, she's named one of Diversity in Cannes' top 10 filmmakers of the decade. Zaina is an actress, producer, writer, and director from Chicago, Illinois. After being homeschooled until she was 14 years old, she began her college career. Her love for filmmaking sparked after years of acting in her church's drama team and various independent films. She earned her master's degree in cinema production from DePaul University at the age of 22 and began her career in independent filmmaking and content production in 2015. In 2016, she directed her first film, Hourglass, which landed her Best Female Director at the Cineplay Film Awards. Since launching her brand, Zaina Theris Productions, Zaina has shifted her focus to merging arts and activism through documentary and narrative storytelling. Her films surround subjects such as gender, race, politics, and mental health. In 2019, her documentary, Black Feminist, was an official selection at the Bronze Lens Festival of Atlanta. That same year, her short film Demons was nominated for Best Short Film at the Content Creators of Atlanta Awards, and her short film Nima landed her a Best Director nomination at the Georgia Shorts Film Festival. In 2020, her documentary Unlearning Sex won Best Human Rights Film at the Toronto International Women's Film Festival and the Silver Award at the Spotlight Documentary Film Awards. The documentary was also an official selection at 10 festivals, including Reels Sisters of the Diaspora Film Festival and the inaugural Social Justice Now Film Festival. Zaina continues to write, produce, and direct projects that align with her overall mission of using film as a medium to drive social change. She is my kind of person, and I'm so delighted that she spent some time with us to talk about specifically her film, Unlearning Sex and to share what that journey was like, why it was so important and how it's impacting survivors who watch it, who are healing because of it and who are learning to understand what trauma is, how it impacts us all as survivors who want to become thrivers. So without further ado, here is my interview with Zaina Theris. So Zaina, thank you so much for being here with me today uh, to chat about your documentary and uh, all that went into making it. I, I have a little bit of understanding about what it takes to put something like that together. And uh, 
you have won awards for it and uh, it's recognized as uh, really something that people are really resonating with and has helped them to be able to step into their own healing journeys, which I think is so powerful. So congratulations on that. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really, I'm really excited about the conversation and where the conversation has gone about the documentary. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's been great. Awesome. Well, for those who haven't watched it, um, right now, what's available on your website is really just the trailer. And it's, it's a really great trailer. I, I think everyone who is a survivor um, will likely, you know, want to watch it. Uh, not necessarily because, um, you know, for a lot of survivors, I think things like this can feel like it might be triggering. But uh, my sense of it is that it is really about empowering, which is what I'm all about. Um, so I would love for you to share what your film is about for those who don't know. Yeah. And, uh, and then we can dive into sort of how that all even got started. Yeah, so my film is called Unlearning Sex. It follows my six month journey through sexual trauma therapy and recovery. There, there's two different versions of the film. There's the 38 minute version, which is more like bite size. It's for screening events. Um, and then there's a longer full version that I have that's um, about an hour long. And that's specifically for trauma therapists, psychologists and sex educators to use for their practice. Um, and it's a lot more like in-depth, informative, very, very, uh, it's just, it's lengthier and more like information heavy specifically for that purpose. So there's two versions of the film. It's went through the festival circuit and we specifically targeted human rights film festivals, black film festivals, women film festivals, and social justice film festivals. So if you look uh, on my website and under the trailer, it lists where it's screened. And specifically, we wanted to target those festivals because with the Q&As, you know, you've got an audience that really is about um, using film as a medium to drive social change. And you have really great conversations with a lot of like activists and organizers and community leaders. So uh, that was great. It's one best human rights documentary at the Toronto International Women's Film Festival and the Silver Award at the Spotlight Documentary Film Awards. And Women Make Movies has officially picked it up for university library distribution. So a lot of people have asked like where you can watch it. It's not available to the public and that's on purpose. Um, I don't ever wanna screen the film without it having an opportunity for a facilitated discussion by either a therapist or a sex educator. So through my university library distributor, they partner with organizations specifically for that. Um, okay. So they can distribute it to a school and then they have a discussion guide that goes afterwards and there's usually like a Q&A because it's a heavy film and I didn't want to just put it out there without people being able to talk about and process what they just watched and what they what they were experiencing. That's a, a little bit about the film, where it's been, where it's going. The overall process, you know, it just kind of happened. I, I worked with a therapist who specialized in narrative exposure therapy. So she works with people to help them use creative mediums to heal and mm -hmm. me as a filmmaker you know journaling and writing down everything is my go-to I, I write all the time when i'm healing what i'm experiencing and initially i was recording my sessions you know to because i had been to therapy before and it was really general mm -hmm. and i kept saying like oh my therapist said this like really great thing but i don't remember what it was and there was homework assignments and like it was just really like I wanted to always go back. So I did that for me.
But then I started to realize, you know, with the writing and with the audio and listening to myself, how much I had changed over such a short amount of time. It was like mind blowing, Hmm. you know, what the information and the coping strategies and what understanding and language that I had um, throughout this process and how that had changed me drastically. And I was like, oh, I want to have more of these conversations. So after six months, I put together the round tables and then I cut everything together and we just like had a film. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. That's they amazing. Came together in like less than a little less than a year. It was around a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, first of all, let me just rewind a little bit, because I think the fact that you screen it so purposefully, I think speaks to the fact that, uh, you know, you are trauma informed and understand the impact of this kind of content for someone who may have never disclosed, uh, you know, has an open wound um, and really being intentional about that, I think is is so admirable really, because not everyone is conscious of that. I, I see so many times people making films about survivor stories without being survivors themselves and not really being as conscientious about it. So first of all, I just wanna applaud you for doing that. Um, and then in terms of your, the way that you documented this process, I think narratives, like being able to tell our story actually helps the brain to make more sense of the things that have happened to us. And so storytelling in in this format is just such a natural like extension of what you were already doing, right? So I think that that's brilliant. But also, um, you know, just to, to witness that change, I think a lot of times we we go into these healing journeys and we don't give ourselves enough credit because we're not documenting that process. So I love that you were doing that just as a natural, you know, part of what you already were doing, you know, and, and journaling and all those exercises can be really helpful. But you said that you had gone to therapy before, but then you went into this very specific kind of therapy. Can yeah. you talk about what you're like, first of all, not everyone is comfortable going to therapy. And I'm always advocating, you know, to step into your healing journey in whatever way that looks for you. It yeah. may not necessarily be a therapist, but it may be a therapist, right? So it may be, uh, there's so many different ways that we can, we can do that. And for some survivors, I think it just sounds like a really scary proposition to like have to go and talk to someone, share your story, be afraid of what that person might think of you or judge you somehow. Like yeah. there's all these fears that people have. So when you first went to therapy, how was that for you? Like, was it something that you were confident to do or was it like a scary proposition that you tentatively did and then found some, some help um, through the process? Like, what was that like for you? Can you share that? Yeah. You're specifically speaking about the first time I went to therapy or with the yeah. trauma therapy? The first time. And like, what, what made you decide to, to really go into specifically sexual trauma therapy? So the first time I went to therapy, I had, I just knew I needed to talk to someone. I, like I, I said in the doc, but I started, I was homeschooled until I went to college and started college when I was 14 years old. So go, being in an adult environment, going from being sheltered and then being thrown into an adult environment, you know, my coping skills were not good at all. My social skills were not good at all. Like I just, I was having a really hard time. And so I just knew I needed to talk to somebody, somebody unbiased, somebody that's like, oh, I wish I was graduating at your age. Oh, I was like someone who wasn't going to gaslight or invalidate me or say I was complaining. I just needed to talk to someone. And so my school offered free therapy. And so it was just a random white guy. And I just sat in his office sobbing and you know he listened he listened and would you know be like okay well how does this make you feel and like there was not a there was no judgment there 
So that for me was just like, I just need to talk. I wasn't aware that I was a survivor of, of various sexual assaults. I wasn't aware that I was holding trauma in my body. I wasn't aware of any of that. I just knew that I needed to talk to somebody. Fast forward years later, you know, the re-rise of the uh, Me Too movement and a lot of women started sharing their stories. A lot of people started sharing their stories. And I realized, you know, I, I wasn't aware of what consent really was. You know, I, a lot of times, and we talked about this in the film, the misconceptions is that when, when survivors, a lot of times survivors don't know what they had experienced was an assault until long after. And so the more that I started to talk to people and the more that I started to see other people's stories and experiences, I realized, well, if this isn't consensual, then that wasn't consensual. And several subsequent experiences that I had that also wasn't consensual. This is why I felt this way afterwards. This is why I was scared. This is why I was behaving this way. Oh my God, I need help. So it was very, it, it kind of just all came to a head. And so I literally Googled sexual trauma therapist. Um, and literally my therapist was like one of the first ones that came up. And so we scheduled a consultation um, and just immediately just talking to her at first, I, I already felt like, okay, this was a good choice simply because of her approach, her creative approach. You know, she was very upfront about like, well, what do you, what do, what do you want to get out of this process? Like, what is your way of coping? What is going to be comfortable for you? And really crafting a therapeutic strategy that I really felt like I could keep up with. Mm -hmm. um, so again, like, like the first step being writing out all of those experiences that was on, that was my choice to do because she wanted me to come to therapy with like, okay, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to address? And I'm like, let's write all this out. So I detailed every, all of my experiences with sexual assaults and each therapy session we went through and rephrased language, mm. removed the shame, the blame, the guilt to the point where I'm looking at the two documents and they're two completely different things right. by the end of it. You know, there's absolutely no blame. There's understanding flight, fight and flight, but there's also understanding freeze and appease. There's mm -hmm. also understanding, you know, how I reacted this way and how it also led to other things or my coping mechanisms or my anxiety or whatever that was. It was a really comfortable process just because throughout it, she was very cognizant of what I needed. Mm -hmm. So it was also important for me to work with a black woman therapist. She's a black woman she's queer, she understands intersectionality. So I, I didn't feel like there was that barrier of having to like explain myself or prove my identity. Um, she understood certain things were unique to my experience as a black woman because she too was a black woman. Mm -hmm. So it That's was so important too. I like, yeah. I just want to interrupt there for a second because I didn't realize that myself uh, as a Latinx, like having to explain context of, you know, what's a quinceanera party or like, you know, just these, right. these things that, actually take up time of sure. having to talk about you know and yeah. if, if you if you're seeing someone who understands that experience already yeah, yeah. gets it and and that's so helpful so I, I you know just want to add that because I think a lot of people go see someone that doesn't really relate to their lived experience and that's why they feel like the therapy failed them but it was it's not really that that failed them it was just going to the wrong like it's like dating, I think, you know, you just have to meet someone that really gets you to begin yeah. with and wants to, you know, be able to help in a way that makes sense 
for your lived experience. So I think that that's just really important to point out for anyone listening. So your film, what I what I really liked about the objective of it isn't that you're just talking about this therapeutic process that you went through, but also the importance of sex education and dismantling taboos and dismantling this idea that, you know, sex is, is this negative thing that we like the way that we teach youth about it is actually what perpetuates rape culture. For sure. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, sex education is is such a was such a huge component of this film because my process of recovering from my sexual trauma it it had to start with where the ideals about sex and my body started you know yeah. like the relationship that i had with my body from jump being raised in this very strict christian household where you know sex was inherently bad sex was only for reproduction sex was for when you're married uh, if you do it before you're going to hell, you're going to get pregnant. There's nothing positive I was taught about sex. So we weren't having conversations about consent. We weren't having conversations about pleasure. We weren't having conversations about exploring your body. We weren't having conversations about the fact that you can be in a loving, long-term committed marriage and still be assaulted. You know, nice. there, was, there were these nuances that were completely left out about actually engaging in sex. Telling a child what a very like heteronormative reproductive based process is, is not the same thing as talking to them about sex. So going from that environment thrown into college, you know, it was very easy for me to be taken advantage of because I knew nothing. Yeah. So I think for me, it's really important to, to start those conversations about sex education and sex in general, very early sex ed. One of the, the professors that was in, not professors, uh, uh, she runs sex positive families. Her name is Melissa. Yes, um, Melissa's the one that introduced me to, to your work, yeah. actually. She's amazing. Yes, yes. So she was, she was one of the educators in the film, and she always talks about how sex education is lifespan. It's not, one, it's not a conversation. Right. Um, it starts with, you know, teaching your kids to understand autonomy. You know, if they don't want to sit on this person's lap, if they don't want to give this person a hug, if they don't want to be tickled, teaching them to listen to their bodies when they say that they're full when they say that they don't want to do something, you know, like teaching them about boundaries and consent in non-sexual ways so that that conversation is a continuous thing uh, throughout the course of their lives. And also, you know, not making sex anything that's weird. It's a part of life. If you make it awkward, it's going to be awkward all around. So just having normal, open, honest conversations and, and being a trusted adult that your kids can come to to ask questions. Because if you make it weird, if you make it shameful, if you hide information from them, they're going to go to people who could potentially harm them and mislead them. Uh, they're going to go to porn. They're going to go to the internet. They're going to go to all of these sources that are not actually beneficial to them. So I think that, you know, sex ed all, overall, just it starts really early. The conversations need to be open, honest, and it's okay to say that you don't know. You know, there's, there's so much evolving with sex ed nowadays. You know, there's questions that I, I have friends that have kids that ask questions and they're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what this is. It's okay to be like, let me get back to you or let's look it up together. You know, right. that, that's also fine as well. So um, I, I wish I was able to have open and honest conversations about sex with my, with my mom. I know that's just not her style. That's not her generation's way of doing things. And that's okay. So for me, I know if I'm ever a parent, and 
that's not going to be my style. I'm going to be very open and honest about what my experience was and just creating a sex positive environment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so important. And that's why it was a huge part of, of my film. Yeah. And I, I loved that about it. I mean, Melissa, like I said, is the one who introduced me to your work and um, her and I go back uh, a couple of years now. I've been um, really following everything that she does. And, and it was part of what helped me step into my own journey of teaching my kids about um, abuse prevention, but from a consent centered place of rights. Right. And, and I think you, you know, you hit it spot on that it's not, uh, it doesn't have to be taught in a way that's specifically related to sex. Consent really starts with our body autonomy. And, you know, I'm always talking about that. So I love that that was brought into the film as part of something that, you know, I mean, the title alone explains it, right? Unlearning sex. And I grew up in a sex negative home, just like you. It was very Catholic, you know, uh, you know, it was sinful, like all the things, right? And so I grew up really conflicted because I had desire, but then I was taught it was negative, right? So then I was like, that means I'm bad. Like there's something wrong with me. And all of these, these really mixed feelings. And then if I was curious, I didn't have a safe place to ask questions. So I was like looking up information wherever I could and always kind of feeling awkward too, because in, in school or, or in, even in college, it was like, you know, my friends know all these things that I don't know. And I was too right. embarrassed to like ask them yeah. or say, I don't know what that is, you know? And yeah. then being in situations that ended up being unsafe because I didn't know or I, or I didn't have the language, I wasn't given the tools. I, I didn't even know that consent could be withdrawn, you know, so like, like little things like that. So I think the fact that you um, have these two really big topics, right? One is really stepping into a healing journey, what that looks like, and seeing that really amazing transformation. I think a lot of people think, you know, therapy can take, you know, your years of your life and 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 that's not to say you know some people's traumas are different and harder than other people's because of you know the layers of complexity but it's also about um witnessing that it is possible and i think that you sharing that story can give people so much hope to say you know i'm not going to give up on my healing journey and i'm going to find the right person or i'm going to find the right you know way to step into it it can really be so powerful, but then also to talk about why this even happened in the first place was just this lack of education, right? That if we were to actually empower our kids to have the right education, information, tools, resources, that they may not have to go through these same things, right? And so I just love that those two really powerful elements are part of your film. So I, I can see why, you know, the human rights um, film, you know, you won that award because this is really a human rights issue. Like autonomy, our right to our bodies is a human rights issue. And it's constantly violated, you know, all around the world. So now that you have put this out, what has been, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of recognition, but have you had people that have come to you and said like, this really helped me in so many ways? Like, can you share some stories of maybe people that, have connected with you um, and and how this film has impacted them? Yeah, I mean, to keep people's situations and and things that they shared with me private, I, I would just, I will say like, almost after almost every screening, I do get an email with a survivor saying that like either this was their journey or they saw so many similarities or this made them think about situations that they thought were okay that they kind of deep down didn't really 
know why they felt weird about it, but this gave them language to go explore. So it happens all the time. And I mean, I, I get long emails with like, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. pull out like, this is like, this is why this film is important. And um, a, a few people have said that they started their sexual trauma therapy journey from this film as well, which is like, honestly, all I can ask for. So I've, yeah. I've really gotten positive feedback from it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I like that's what brings us joy in this kind of work, right? Is to see that it is making the positive impact. Uh, is that what you had hoped for? Like when you put this out, was it your intention to just educate people on this? Like, what was what were the other motivations, I guess, that you had for for putting out? Because I mean, it's such a personal journey that most people wouldn't want to share publicly. So, what what was some of that that really drove you to put this out so publicly? Um, well, I was, I was very careful about where I put it though, you know, like it's not, it's not really public. Um, even if it is screened, it's screened on like a geo-blocked link with a festival followed by a Q and A, like mm -hmm. it's not. And then with schools, again, it's accompanied by a facilitated discussion. So I, I was comfortable in sharing this because I knew what audiences that it was going to reach and which audiences right. that I wanted to, to reach it with. Right. Um, I also made sure that this was not trauma porn. You know, I don't go into- That's smart, yeah, and, and I, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't go into detail at all, um, really with, with a lot of, of uh, the film. I just, I share just enough so that people understand the context of what I'm talking about. You know, I will, I'll share clips from the therapy session where we're talking about specific moments and specific things, but it's nothing in graphic you know, detail. Um, it's just enough for people to understand the process and the healing journey. Mm -hmm. So I was, there is so much that I filmed and recorded that was not shared. Like mm -hmm. there, there's so much that people will just never see. And that's okay. You know, like I was yeah. comfortable sharing up to an hour of what I was comfortable sharing with. So when it came to putting this out there because of what I was sharing and how I was sharing it, that's what made it, you know, okay for me for me to do so and then the goal with it was just so that people can question their experiences and feel validated um in wanting to seek healing for something that maybe they were gaslit into believing you know they were making a big deal out of or it didn't really matter trauma manifests in so many different ways and it took me so long to understand to me nearly a decade to even recognize what I had been through. So I, I wanted I wanted this to be a resource for people to to start healing whatever whatever that looked like. Um, yeah. And so far it's it's done that. So that, I, yeah. I yeah. love that. There's a, there's a couple of things there too that I want to point out. And one is that I think when people say, you know, they they are afraid of sharing their story, it's because they feel like it's going to get out of control, like out of their hands, right? And I think the fact that you've actually been so intentional of how it has been digested and people are, are distributing it speaks to the fact that as survivors, we still do have that control over our stories and how it's shared. And if, you know, we may not have control over the way people respond to it, but we do have control over like what we get to say about it and what we get to share. So I think that that's really powerful just unto itself. And I'm sure that the fact that you know that was your intention is what is happening right because it will help those who 
like you said, were gaslit or who felt that maybe it wasn't a big deal. Maybe I was, you know, maybe I'm over dramatizing it. Um, they realize actually, no, this was your experience and you get to say how you feel about it, right? So right. I think that that's a really powerful message. Now you're a filmmaker and you have lots of other projects in the pipeline. So what is coming up for you this year? Like what, do you, what else are you sharing and talking about? You have a, quite a diverse portfolio of work. Can you share some of that? Sure. Um, so I'm in production, for, I'm in post-production for my first comedy film. It's my 16th short film, the eighth film I've directed. It's called The Love You Won't Exist. It's about a Black feminist couple that is planning a patriarchy-free commitment ceremony. And it's, it's like, I like to say it's like Dear White People Meets the Office because mm. they're recording their family and friends' reactions to how they want to plan this ceremony and why they're doing the things that they're doing and why there's not going to be certain elements. And it's really quirky. It's really like the closest thing I've ever done to like slapstick comedy. It's really like cheesy in some ways, but it's so cute. And I'm really, really excited to be working with an all black ensemble cast. We filmed over three days. It's in post-production and it'll uh, start hitting festivals end of uh, April. So we're in edit now, then it goes to color and sound mix. So Exciting. That's coming up this, uh, it'll be hit festivals in the spring. And then um, the first week of May, um, I'm shooting my next documentary. It's called Daughter of Eve. And basically it's a, a documentary that aims to dismantle hyper patriarchy within the Christian faith. And so we're talking to sex positive pastors. We're talking to all women pastors. Um, we're talking to educators and authors. And there's so many dynamic voices that are a part of of this project and it's it's gonna piss a lot of people off, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Um, and we're, I mean, we're really diving into everything from cultural context and historical context and language um, and how that's translated and misused and the whole nine. So um, filming that with an all black woman team, there's five of us uh, that we're putting it together and we're filming it over the course of one week. Um, we just locked our location. so. It's, it's going to be really great. And that one's awesome. I, I'm excited for that in particular. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to see come to life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that's, that's an interesting um, topic because a lot of people, I think it's, it's starting to come to the forefront um, where, you know, everything from purity culture to religious trauma that people have gone through and how all of those things are intersecting. Um, is finally coming to the forefront to have to be a conversation that people are realizing, wait a minute, like there is trauma in those places and how um, people are impacted, you know, and how it impacts their life. So I, I love that you're doing that. I actually got booked to um, do a TEDx Oneonta talk this year on the topic of uh, ending rape culture by dismantling the Madonna whore patriarchal construct. Yeah. And, you know, this is this is the next step, I think, of, um, you know, breaking down, yeah. how, you know, how and why rape culture exists and, and yeah. what we can do to to end it. You know, yeah. so I'm very excited. Please be posted because I would love to help you share about that once it once it's ready. So, sure. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time today to talk with me about your film and what you have coming up. I'm really excited for all the projects you have, uh, you know, in the pipeline and, uh, you know, definitely here to support your work. So thank you for creating what you have and what you're going to continue to put out. So thanks for being thank here. You. Thanks so much for having me. It's fun. Awesome. 
Listeners, if you found any of this impactful or if you, uh, you know, have takeaways that you'd like to share, please be sure to screenshot this, tag us on Instagram in your stories and let us know how you got impacted, what your takeaways were and what you're going to do to take action to empower yourself. Will you be stepping into your own healing journey or are you already and this really resonated with you? We would love to know. So be sure to do that. All right, Dana, thank you so much. And listeners, I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.